Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the December 13th edition of the PFF Forecast. It's a great show. We're going to dive deep the Tommy DeVito, Sean Stilato story that all of you have been waiting to hear. Good 60-minute conversation on that. Uh, injuries, weather, get up or made up, makes its second appearance. It's going to be fantastic. I've been preparing for it all week. We, of course, have SGP strategy with Judah and locks of the week. Let's rock. Brad, you just put out uh, a great article. It's on pff.com. It is the top 50 free agents, uh, and each of them has a comp with them. And I'm just curious why Tommy DeVito is not number one and why his comparison is not Tom Brady. I think his, yeah, his comp would be a blend of Tom Brady, Peyton Manning with like Lamar Jackson's athleticism, I mm. think is probably how I would blend it up. Um, yeah, he's an early rights or uh, exclusive rights free agent in 2025. When we get there, the deal that Mr. Sean Stilato negotiates is going to break. Like Shohei Otani might blush when that deal, you know, comes across the wire. How do you say no when that when that man is across the table from you? Good luck. I mean, your family's in, in jeopardy. <laughs> you can't you can't say no. Uh, what an incredible game! Um, uh, we saw two on Monday night, both underdogs winning outright. Um, I've been on the Tommy D train for a while. And, you know, I know that Judah has been on the Tommy D train. I don't know that I've quite gotten uh, Brad and Arjun on there, but I think now it's fair to say this is a, a, a Tommy DeVito positive podcast. George, you and I are riding, go, I mean, but you and I are riding the, the Giants against the yes. Saints, and we got some some fresh cleavage. Shout out Jay Glazer, some fresh CLV. Uh, <laughs> so, like, we're, we're riding high on Tommy Cutlets. Uh, I mean, Judah's actually like you were. Uh, did you actually hit that uh, one of the SGPs, or you were a few yards short? I I was four yards short, but enough to get a nice, nice hedge uh, on the yards. That Washington. Yeah. He like it's funny to say this, but Bryce Young has been materially worse than Tommy DeVito. Desmond Ritter has been materially worse than Tommy DeVito. It's kind of incredible. Um, that a player that you couldn't name at the start of the season uh, has been that good. Um, all right, we've got a great show, a lot of injuries, some weather games. We'll get kicked off with that, of course, as I mentioned at the top. Get Up or Made Up, a new segment, uh, an honor to the once great segment, which was the Quibi, uh, Quibi or not Quibi. Um, 
makes its return today. That'll be later on the show. Let's start with injuries and weather. Brad, what you got for us? Yeah, it might be quicker to say who's not out, but uh, no. So we'll go through this pretty quickly. Uh, Justin Jefferson actually is in, which I think is the bigger surprise of the week. Total reporters is going to play. Uh, so Justin Jefferson catching passes from, I don't know, Nick Mullins, Josh Dobbs, Tommy DeVito, who knows. Uh, Justin Herbert's out for the year, and Keenan Allen uh, is not interested in catching passes from Easton Stick on Thursday night, so he's also out. And then for the Raiders, Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs haven't practiced, and then Devontae Adams also with an illness is a questionable. That game, Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell tomorrow night, is going to be a doozy. Uh, the Falcons, I would keep an eye on their offensive line. Four starters are not practicing or limited or, um, you know, maybe they all play, but I would keep an eye on the O-line there. Uh, Kyle Hamilton for the Ravens, grade one MCL sprain. Won't miss a lot of time. I think could miss one game. Uh, if you want to attack some matchups there, maybe like an Evan Ingram uh, with the Jags. I think that's a big loss for them in Kyle Hamilton. Um, DJ Moore for Chicago, dealing with an ankle injury. <clears throat> the Browns have a million injuries in that game, mostly on defense. Grant up at the safety. Ogbakaranqua, the edge rusher. Denzel Ward might play, uh, which would be huge uh, up against the DJ Moore. Um, but for the Bears, who, who I thought I liked a little bit, the, the loss of a DJ Moore is a problem potentially could just be rest. Um, Chase, uh, Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd limited for Cincinnati, but I think they'll be good to go. I mentioned Cleveland's defense, which is missing a million guys. They're also down to their fourth and fifth starting tackle. Um, and the Bears defense is elite, if you haven't heard. So um, <laughs> that game is going to be a doozy as well. Christian Watson, non-participant estimation today. Uh, it's one of those for a Saturday game. You kind of estimate what you would do had you practiced um, with that hamstring. I think they're kind of leaning towards a no-go again for him. He, he just can't uh, avoid those soft tissues. For the Texans, C.J. Stroud and the protocol, uh, apparently progressing nicely for D'Amico Ryans, but we don't know yet. Good news in, in Houston, Nico Collins, a receiver, and Dalton Schultz, a tight end, hopefully going to play per their own words. Um, Isaiah Pacheco did not practice again. I honestly think he matters in this offense with how bad they are at throwing outside the numbers right now. Like him running hard down hill has actually been meaningful, uh, and he might not play again. Um, we have Miami Dolphins, Devon Achan, a new injury, another injury for oh. our guy, unfortunately, uh, did not practice today. And Tyree Kill with that ankle that bothered him during the game also did not practice. Um, the, the New Orleans Saints against our guy, our boy, Tommy D. Uh, yet Chris Olave did not practice. Uh, Taysom Hill and Rashid Shahid limited. Last but not least, TJ Watt, full practice. Alex Highsmith limited. And Deontay Johnson did not practice for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's the full injury rundown. Last piece here, uh, weather report. And we're adding that in as well. Jets, Dolphins is going to be, it looks pretty ugly. Um, rain, uh, winds 20 to 35 miles an hour. Uh, depending on the gusts and probably a decent chance for rain um, at Carolina for the Falcons Panthers game, moderately bad. Uh, and then Jags game hosting the Ravens and Seattle hosting Philadelphia, moderate concern there, but not a terrible weather week for December. The one to keep an eye on for fantasy, whatever uh, is jets at dolphins. Yeah. Interesting. Do you think, um, so Adams, obviously that game is tomorrow. He just has an illness. You think he, plays yeah i think he's sick of being on the las vegas raiders is what he came down with um yeah no I, i'm sure he does i would i would assume he does it's a good matchup um but you know you, you don't really know he was talking about how he felt bad that people pay a lot of good money to come to a game and they scored zero points um but yeah i, I think he probably will yeah i paid a lot of good money for him in fantasy and he scored zero 
it's uh it's unfortunate um the uh the uh devon achan injury is a toe apparently um which is absolutely devastating raheem Mostert, guy's an absolute stud good for him um anything that you heard judah from uh kind of piqued your interest based on where the lines are right now uh i mean definitely some sgp angles uh from what i just heard i think you want to just talk about the lines it it kind of gets me a little more onto the colts there uh seeing as like they're pricing a, a decent uh, amount on uh watt coming back in i think uh, i don't think that kind of changes the fundamentals of the team those are the ones that come to mind especially even the texans become appealing now like especially if there's some chance that stroud comes back you're gonna certainly get a great price and i think like that's probably priced a little bit more towards the downside and hearing that uh schultz and uh, Nico Collins should be back is I actually think very important for a Texans team. Uh, like the drop off, we like as you guys talk about it, like on Sunday night, like we always like to mention the like Robbie Greer stuff. Brad, I'm really happy you, you planted your flag on on Davis Mills because I, I would do the same thing. Uh, but that is kind of my angle now would be looking at the Texans. I think that's the most notable one outside of the SGP, which I'll I'll leave with uh, in a minute. Yeah, the the Jets. Dolphins game having potential gusts up to 35 miles an hour, I think is interesting. Um, I always with, with stuff in like Florida, there's a lot of variance in the weather, you know, in general, but I always feel like out there, I hear things and it's like, does it actually materialize? That might be one that I might look to take a flyer on um, and see what the prices are like. And if they've depressed them a lot, I've got to imagine it's going to take the market a little while to um, adjust Zach Wilson's priors. Uh, one 300 game does not, uh, you know, a passing offense make. So, um, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's interesting. I, I kind of I don't know that I don't want to overreact to to the Dolphins, but does it make sense for them to try and push a Tyreek Hill in this game? They've got a really big game with the bills coming up at the end of the year. Like that's probably what's going to actually matter. So, um, you know, I could see them being a little hesitant there. Um, not, you know, I don't know the the jets I think are, are interesting. Um, and we talked about them on, on Sunday, um, quite a bit that that's already down to what eight and a half, nine. Yep. Yeah. So congrats on the closing line value. All right, let's get into uh, some SGPs. Judah, where do you want to start? Yeah, we'll start with green Bay. Uh, this is a spot where I do think injuries matter a lot. So I think a bunch of angles here. Number one, as a general note, we talk about this a lot. I think a lot of the value in this time of the season with SGPs comes from balancing the changes over the course of a season relative to the season long priors, which is to say sometimes uh, the sample of four or five games for whatever reason are actually more reliable or, or carry more signal in predicting the future output. And I think that is certainly true of the Packers generally. This is Jordan Love getting materially better, uh, which I don't think is necessarily a coincidence, especially when considering the fact that this is an extremely young offense all around him. Young players, especially rookies, which they have a lot of, especially at wide receiver, tend to get better as the season goes along. This should not be uh, news and I think what's more important for my purposes is seeing how this offense has changed uh, to being from being one of a kind of 
run heavy to neutral to really relying on Jordan Love and their their pass rates are way higher. If anything, that was kind of the signal from the Monday night game to me. It's definitely definitely windy, which affected a lot of those deep throws, but that is certainly the style of attack, which matters a lot more to me than the results, uh, which I think are going to be semi-noisy week to week. All of which is to say, we've got kind of two angles with the pricing here. Number one, Tampa Bay has been a pass funnel. I mean, we talked about Desmond Ritter last week, and he threw for 350 yards. It's not because Desmond Ritter is a terrific quarterback. This is just hey. the – sorry, sorry, I, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, these are these are the sorts of things that can happen in an NFL game, and they match up really, really well. This is a team that's allowed a top five rate of explosive plays. Uh, as you can see on screen, none of their – I mean, a couple of guys on the line, but none of their corners have been particularly good. Meanwhile, the wide receivers for the Packers have been very good. Jordan Love is the highest ADOT in the league. He wants to throw deep. That's exactly where Tampa Bay is vulnerable, and they are going to do so a lot. What really intrigues me about, so we have that angle of just like Green Bay passing attack and the fact that the market has sold off a bit on Green Bay by virtue of what happened Monday night. And I actually think that we learned more positive uh, on Green Bay on Monday night. That is that like, it's been sticky. They're going to continue to throw the ball well above their previous rates. That's the sticky part. Uh, but the second thing here is how to price the receivers here becomes very complicated because this was a team where they had three to four guys who were all earning targets at roughly the same rate. And it was very spread out between like 18 and 22%. But if you take away Wicks, who I believe, uh, Brad, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, has a high ankle sprain and will likely be missing this game. And then also Christian Watson seems to be on the wrong side here. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the targets are going to go. And Luke Musgrave, of course, is out. The targets are going to go to Jaden Reed. They're going to go to Romeo Dobbs. Uh, maybe like Samari Toure gets a little bit of run here. But the books are going to have to use the, some sample of Pricing these guys where they were kind of four, five, six mouths to feed on a spread out offense. I don't think that's going to be the case in a really good matchup as it is. So I'm going to want to be, again, it's price dependent. I envision myself wanting to be betting on Dobbs and Reed. Dobbs as more of the downfield guy who has a higher ADOT and I think probably makes more sense in this advantage, but in this, in this matchup, excuse me. But I also can see myself building with Reed, maybe adding some receptions there because I think for Reed to go over, he's either got to break a uh, long yards after the cash type play, or he's going to stack up seven, eight, nine receptions. Uh, but all of this is to say it's a great matchup. Uh, I think Love's strengths work well with Tampa Bay's weaknesses, and we're going to take advantage of previous target distributions and the likely target concentration that we will now have because of the Packers wide receiver injuries. I like it. Uh, Wicks, I did see, uh, did get injured. I don't think there's much chance he plays. Um, and I would agree with you on on Watson for sure. Um, I, I think the the interesting thing as well here, um, consider Tampa Bay and like, I, I don't know that they're, uh, it's possible to get worse, but giving up 350 yards to Desmond Ritter, like they've been bad <laughs> all year. That is uniquely spectacular in, in how bad it is. Um, Drake London looked like, like peak Randy Moss or Terrell Owens in this game. Like it was, it was honestly impressive uh, last week what they did. So I think, you know, while Drake London is obviously very good, the receivers, um, as you mentioned on Green Bay, very solid as well. And athletic, like we talked about this um, two weeks ago, how like Rogers leaves and all of a sudden they have all of this young wide receiver talent, which is really ironic because he took with him like, crappy wide receiver talent from Green Bay 
very strange how that works. I, I really, I don't know. I can't really put two and two together there, but there must be some kind of connection. Um, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Are you going to play different SGPs or, or different um, builds with each receiver? Are you going to put them both in the same one? How are you thinking about that? Yeah, I think it does depend on pricing. If I can get alts, if I can really extend to the the furthest, let's say, uh, I'm thinking on something like points bet. Oftentimes, you'll get a max of like 80 or 95. If we get 80s at like 10 plus to one, I can see both of them hitting, mm. and I'd really be intrigued by that. But I will also be building each individual uh, receiver with Jordan Love, and then just like Jordan Love plus spread. Uh, I think as kind of the core play there. Uh, without trying to guess which of the wide receivers in particular uh, are going to pop off in this game. Very fair. All right, where to next? Let's uh, let's go to uh, Cincinnati. The, uh, on to Cincinnati. Jake Browning, we're on to Cincinnati. Uh, I think this is a play on – right, we guys talked on Sunday night about Jake Browning versus the Blitz, and it's a different story with Brian Flores doing it all the time. But – I think the exact way to attack, oh, actually, maybe Jake Browning is the best in the league versus the Blitz, and his EPA against the Blitz is 0.44, which is way, it's 25% better than the uh, guy in second against the Blitz right now. I don't think that's necessarily going to sustain itself, but if it's directionally right, that is very important for a matchup against the Brian Flores defense, which blitzes more than half the time and way more than anyone else in the league. If that's true, then that's exactly the type of way that Jake Browning can continue on his success. I think the Vikings defense has surprised a lot of people, and rightfully so. But I also do think they're so reliant on a blitz that it does really depend on the matchup. And the quarterbacks they face really matter more, uh, where if you can beat the blitz, you're going to beat the Vikings. And I think a lot of that kind of success in recent weeks has been a function of playing quarterbacks who are not necessarily great against the blitz. It also leads to, uh, and the way I envision this happening is, Maybe this is just I have this one play stuck in my head of the Jaguars bringing an all-out blitz and Jake Browning, you know, identifying the one-on-one coverage and just throwing it up to Jamar Chase. Uh, and I think he can do the same thing with T. Higgins. But I do think that lends itself to a certain explosive play element uh, that the Vikings have surprisingly been good this year. But I do think Jake Browning can continue to excel at. Again, the main angle here is really just like if Jake Browning is as good as he's played. Again, I don't think you throw for 300 yards by accident. That's not something that. 300 yards backpack games by accident. That's not something that just regularly happens. And it's not as if they're going against like cake block defenses and maybe the Jags are bad, whatever. Uh, but it's playing on that angle. It's playing on the fact that like, maybe he is really good against the blitz. That's why we're going to attack the tails. Uh, and that's going to be a, a bet on, on Browning and the spread. It's going to be a bet on Browning plus Jace, maybe Browning plus Higgins, uh, especially as a guy who can win downfield. And I think if he's just identifying the single coverage and T Higgins gets a single coverage, he can very well hit for a bunch of explosive plays and, his production has not been particularly great, though the role remains extremely secure. I'll be betting on all three of those angles, I believe. You said that you don't throw for 300 yards by accident. What you really said there is Desmond Ritter is great. That that great. was the back-to-back -back game, back-to-back -back games, which Desmond oh, Ritter right. did do, which Desmond That's Ritter did do, I believe, earlier this year. All right, we need one more. We need one more Ritter game uh, to solidify his status. Um, I, I like this one a lot. You know, I wonder how much uh, pricing of the Vikings defense will go into this. They have been really, really good. They have shut um, Aiden O'Connell last week, which um, not not 
something that I would hang my hat on. So maybe you get a little bit of a depressed price there. Um, although I do, I do feel like based on Browning's success, they will, you know, they will adjust, uh, you know, significantly for him, I would guess. Um, but that makes sense. Again, are you playing these? You might, depending on price, package both receivers together or split them up. I think this target distribution is to – in theory, it should be like just Chase and Higgins, but they give targets to their tight ends. They give targets to the back. They give targets to Boyd that I don't think both of these guys can hit in one game. Uh, then I'm going to try and bet on either Chase or Higgins, and the main action will act just be Browning with the spread. little Chase Brown, little screen action against the Blitz. That's right. That, that uh, honestly, if I could get a Chase Brown alt receiving line, I absolutely would take that. But uh, yeah. I wish myself luck finding that. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I don't know that backup running backs are going to get get they're going to get alts priced on them. Uh, one day, one day we'll get that. Um, I like it. Uh, any others? Yeah, we'll go with one more, and this is playing to Brad's injury point uh, in Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley, since Christian Kirk has gone out, has slid into the slot a bunch. I made this case last week with Cooper Cup and the Rams that uh, Kyle Hamilton has been unbelievable for the Ravens. And by, you know, separation metrics, he's 99th percentile. He's been unbelievable covering slot receivers. I, or even Parker Washington, by the way, if we're, if we're getting some good prices here, I don't mind that. But I think the Ravens defense has been terrific, but there's a lot more uncertainty than a typical great defense, they really have faced an extremely easy schedule of offenses. And then the, the, the spots we thought were tough tests in hindsight actually haven't really looked like that. The Lions offense all of a sudden, like kind of uh, Jared Goff's uh, not been particularly great. The Seahawks, like at the time, it's like, oh, this is a legit offense. They haven't been particularly good. And they really did get, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford and the, the running game for that matter was really lighting them up. But I do think there is some uncertainty associated with the Ravens defense, whereas they're being priced as the Browns of just like this defense is elite. They will shut down your uh, offense kind of no matter what. That's the kind of main play on Lawrence and, and uh, this Jaguars defense. And also the Jaguars have kind of had this interesting, if you look at their pass rates over the course of the season, it kind of started with, okay, beginning of the season, like we are going all in on Trevor Lawrence. We are going to give him the free reins of this team. They were passing way above expected. Then it kind of trickled down as Lawrence didn't really take that uh, next step. And they can't run the ball at all right now, no matter who their opponent is. And we've seen now the pass rates start to trickle up again, which all matters because the book is going to be pricing now a big sample of games in the middle chunk of the season where the Jags were an extremely run-heavy team. And I don't think that reflects the current reality of this team. Calvin Ridley, again, this is an example of a guy who has an elite role, I get 14 targets last week. He's going to see the deep balls. I think he's going to slide into the slot a bunch where he's going to have a good matchup now that Kyle Hamilton is out and that will not be priced appropriately. I think this is a great long shot on a team where would it be all that shocking? Yes, Trevor Lawrence is hurt. Would it be all that shocking if we, you know, had this conversation on, on Sunday night and we're like, oh, you know, the Jaguars put together a really great passing performance against the Ravens. Like maybe the Ravens defense isn't as great as we thought. And the Jaguars offense is pretty good. Like, that's not rocket surgery. Uh, we've seen this before. And yeah, you like that rocket surgery, Brad. I know. I'm a big rocket surgery fan. <laughs> Josh Dobbs, rocket surgeon. I don't know if people need I, I had, you know, uh, Chris Caliendo in mind. But uh, either way, I think the the slot is going to be the, the method of attack. 
uh, and Calvin Ridley should be the beneficiary of some positive regression based on his underlying usage. Well, Parker Washington, I like that shout out as well. Um, also, uh, this is not the Ravens. Let's remind myself here. So the Ravens go um, to San Francisco um, on Christmas Day after this. So play on Sunday night twice in a row. Um, I, I guess that's not – is Christmas on Monday this year? I forget. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, but that's obviously a huge game. People are saying it is a preview of the Super Bowl. Uh, so potentially a bit of a reason to, you know, rest a few guys or look ahead to the Niners in San Francisco. So I like that quite a bit. Um, Brad, any thoughts on any of the SGP stuff? I was going to uh, talk about Cincinnati a little bit and get at that one. So I, I love to hear it because I had very, very similar ideas when uh, when I was looking at that game. Yeah, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, by the way, the Cincinnati Bengals, as we talk about, every single week or most weeks cannot cover tight ends and our man Gronkinson, the lock master he's back um so anyways maybe that'll be uh be one of the uh the locks of the week um shall we do uh shall we get right into it locks of the week uh last week really started strong justin fields over nine and a half rushing attempts sailed over Debo Samuel, that was, in hindsight, we should have taken some alts there. His price when we uh, discussed this last week was at 48 and a half. I think it closed low-ish 50s. Um, and Jamal Adams plays defense for the Seahawks. So uh, he sailed over that by like, you know, 50 yards. Um, absolute send. Uh, Van Ginkle did not get a half sack, unfortunately. And CeeDee Lamb somehow did not go over seven and a half catches. I think he finished with seven or six, something like that. Um, so a couple of, of uh, not great ones to close out. So we'll try and get back in the positive side of things today. Brad, why don't we start with you? Yeah. So look, I'm not backing down. I'm not afraid. I'm going to start off with two alternate props. You talked about it. It was on my mind. I feel like we need to attack more if we have conviction on something. Why, you know, lose a unit on a minus 115 play. We can get weird with it. So First, I'm going to go to uh, is George Pickens against the Indianapolis Colts. Yes, I want to bet on a Mitchell Trubisky-led passing attack. Stay with me. So uh, the Colts are bottom five in the NFL in coverage grade on wide receivers, meaning receivers that line up out wide. Um, they are seventh in e-paper play or seventh worst uh, in e-paper play on targets to wide receivers. And the Deontay Johnson injury I mentioned, maybe he doesn't play in this football game. They have guys playing outside corner in Indy, outside of the rookie Juju Brents, um, that like, not even trying to be like funny. Like, they might not be on NFL rosters like come next year. It's but they ignored the position. They traded Stephon Gilmore. They're kind of figuring things out other, otherwise. I also like it because their pass rush is kind of interior generated. And quietly, James Daniels and Isaac Sumalo have been phenomenal for the Pittsburgh Steelers' interior of the offensive line. Mason Cole is not a great pass protecting center, but he's been, he's been okay. <clears throat> so, we talked about the high-variance Mitchell Trubisky. We saw about the worst he could be. He was downright atrocious against Bill Belichick, but we knew that. He's going to throw a bunch of different looks at him. He's always tortured Trubisky going back to his Bears days. You now get a Gus Bradley sitting back in cover three, um, and I think you're going to see him just take a bunch of shots and just spam the throws to Pickens. So 
The reason why I want an alt here in particular, besides the matchup, besides betting on a you know high positively high outcome in a dome against the Colts at you know at Indy, but also George Pickens. So the alt I was thinking of, we could either do over 50 and a half is plus 130, and over 59 and a half is plus 200. We could even go more than that. But you look at Pickens' season long, um, out of 13 games. He's gone over 75 yards in five of 13 um, and then under 50 in uh, in in seven of 13 and one at like 58. So like he either is going to go off for 75 plus or he's going to have like a below 50 game with like two catches. So, you know, I was thinking an alt. Anyway, that's the first angle. Uh, 50 and a half plus 130 or 59 and a half two to one. And the other thing is um, I think Tomlin came out and said that George Pickens has been a distraction. Was that what he said? Something like that. Um, he has been a distraction in the wrong, very, very much the wrong way. Um, but uh, it's a great point. I think th these are the kinds of opportunities that you look for where the stars align, but everything else um, outwardly feels like the stars are not aligning, right? Where he's been kind of pouting, signs have not looked great. Um, Tomlin has dealt with uh, crazy wide receivers before. I'm sure he can deal with, yeah. deal with this one. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, sorry, I'm talking about wide receivers, not tight ends. Um, of course. All righty. Uh, Judah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to get back to, to the podcast roots here with a spread. That is taking Tommy Cutlets and the Giants plus six against the Saints. I think this is a team, the Saints that is, which has effectively abandoned the passing game. I mean, we're like joking about this, like, you know, get Derek Carr to throw for 100 yards against the, the Panthers, but they've actually just, like, started to run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. That is the current iteration of the Saints. That is what they want to do, and they are being priced as the offensive earlier this season where they were throwing it a bunch downfield to our guy, Rashid Shahid, not to mention all of the receiver injuries. I mean, they don't really have they've thrown it like E.T. Perry out here. It's not great. You just you can't. Derek Carr should not be getting six points. Uh, against anyone right now, especially with the, the way the Saints are constructed. And I think the Giants are kind of underrated too by, by most metrics since they're, you know, this defense is about average. Uh, also, Derek Carr, terrible against the Blitz, which uh, Wink Martindale loves to do. The Giants team has been fine. The offense, like it's a, you know, it's all the story of Tommy DeVito. The truth is like they're a below average offense, but that's exactly what the Saints are right now too. Uh, and six points is just far too much. Better quarterback getting points in this game? You betcha. Is that like is that a hypocrisy? Derek Carr has been abysmal. Tommy DeVito, find this on PFF.com, has a better pass rating from a clean pocket than Derek Carr. Better quarterback getting points. Tommy D, lock it up. All right. Um, my first, as it looks like I'm now bathing in sunlight. Um, it's, the, uh, it's the witching hour here in San Diego. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to lead off with, with TJ Hawkinson. Um, his, the total that or over under that I'm seeing right now is 52 and a half. I think that is preposterous. By the way, he has gone nine and four um, this year to the over on his opening line. People underestimating our King. Um, and he's facing the Cincinnati Bengals who have gotten absolutely chopped up. I think they're 30th in EPA per play allowed to tight ends. Um, Nick Mullins coming in and playing for, uh, Josh Dobbs, I, you know, we think Jefferson's going to be back. He lasted three plays in this game. Um, you would expect that Luana Rumo is going to say, Hey, let's not let Justin Jefferson beat us. Meanwhile, TJ, uh, Hawkinson will be roaming wild 
like a wild mongoose uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals defense um, that has gotten carved up by, by tight ends. So I, I like this as an alt as well. Um, I think you might be able to get like, you know, 70 uh, plus or 80 plus. Um, and uh, if it weren't for Jamar Chase against this blitz, I do think there might be value on him to like lead this game in, uh, in receiving yards. Um, so I, I might, while you are talking, Brad, find the price on an alt here, but I definitely love the over 52 and a half. Yeah, yeah, definitely check out the alts. I love. I mean, his first pass, Mullins comes in, throws a turnover-worthy play. That was a beautiful snag by T.J. Hawkinson off the deflection. So yes. obviously, obviously trust this guy. All right, so I mentioned I have two two alts. So another alt I had here. All right, the Detroit Lions are against running backs this season: thirtieth in coverage grade, thirty-first in EPA per dropback, and thirtieth in success rate on targets to players out of the backfield. Um, they are playing a, a Denver Broncos team that kind of loves targeting running backs, and in particular, not going Javante Williams, actually looking at Samaj P. Ryan. And again, why I say the alt here. So his normal spread, I think, is 16.5, is minus 130 at 16.5. At over 25 receiving yards, you can get plus 150. And it's, again, a similar thing to the Pickens you know, narrative. Like, he's either going to be a focal point of the passing game or he isn't. He's gone over 30 yards in six out of 13 games. So why bet 16 and a half? You know, just just go for the alt there, get the value, get the price. And half of his games, he's gone over that. Um, and I think this will be, because they're so susceptible to, uh, you know, targets out of the backfield, Noli McNeil up the middle. So I think there's going to be a lot of targeting over the middle of the field, you know, checking it down. They'll take some shots against this, you know, porous Lions defense. But that's been the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton MO. Get the ball out quickly. Let their guys make players miss in space. And the Lions have been struggling uh, against that exact, you know, uh, approach uh, this this season. I dig yeah. it. I'm gonna gonna stick with the the same game here. Uh, that's gonna be Sam Laporta over 46 and a half yards receiving by virtually any metric. The Broncos are a disaster defending tight ends. They're allowing the third most yards, their bottom PFF or whatever, literally anything you choose, they will be at the bottom of it. Sam Laporta has seen a really, we have not talked enough about this. I don't think like truly dominant rookie season uh, has been absolutely terrific. As, as you can see on screen, top 10 PFF grade. He's also earning targets on nearly a fourth of his, of his routes run. I don't know what's happened to Amon Ross St. Brown the last couple of weeks, but that, you know, on the margins could, could mean something here. Uh, 46 and a half is just not being priced for the role that Laporta has in this matchup against the Broncos team. That's allowing close to 70 yards a game to tight ends. I love this spot, uh, especially in a, in a game in which I think the, uh, Lions might come out with a, you know, pass heavy attack, even though the Broncos are terrible against the run. It, it would not be shocking for me to, to kind of see them go pass heavy and rely on Laporta. You said his totals at, what is it? 40... 46 and a half. Dig that uh, Laporta has been also like I feel like their most consistent option. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown hasn't been over the last couple of games, which is sort of weird, but um, Laporta has been kind of their rock. Um, all right, uh, I'm going to um, another prop. Um, this one, uh, so you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco uh, out um, potentially in this game for the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs have been an absolute nightmare, an absolute nightmare at wide receiver. Um, and everyone's talking about Kadarius Tony this week, and, and rightfully so. Um, 
you know, the one player that has played well, uh, and I'm looking for some props. I'm not seeing a ton here posted yet, but Rasheed Rice gets to face JC Jackson and uh, and and crew in this game. Um, and I think it could be, you know, you expect um, Belichick to kind of try and shut down the number one option, which would obviously be Travis Kelsey. But I think Rasheed Rice kind of has that similar sort of rapport with um, with Mahomes. And so if they're not going to be able to run the ball um, and they're going to take away Travis Kelsey, which you've seen teams do with great effectiveness um, this year relative to previous years, I think Rasheed Rice is the beneficiary there. And the, the corners in, uh, in New England have not been particularly good. Uh, I'll pull that up on, on screen here. So I don't see uh, a number out there. Of course, I'm just looking uh, at one book right now. We'll see if I can find one uh, here in a second. But uh, I was hoping they'd be posted um, at this point, but it does not look uh, like they are. But here you can see Patriots, J.C. Jackson, who is out here. He is the lowest ranked cornerback in the entire PFF system. Not great. I think it's two years running, so you got to appreciate at such a variant position. He's been consistent, which you know you gotta you gotta appreciate. Twenty eight point so, seven. He's improving though. From last year or from for? <laughs> oh my goodness! It's not looking good. It's not great for JC. It's not looking good at all. Oh, did you find uh, before I jump in? Did you discover any uh, hawk alts for the I boys? I couldn't find uh, any. I looked on on Fanduel and couldn't see any yet. They didn't have a lot of uh, Vikings up there, um, but I did see. Uh, so I'll, I'll check uh, DraftKings now. Gotcha, gotcha. Where are you going to next, Brad? All righty. So we talked about this game a little bit. Um, in particular, how we like the idea of a Jake Browning uh, against the, the Blitz. Uh, we know that that's going to come from Minnesota. They're doing it all season long. I don't know. Hate just taking the minus three. They're, they they had the hook before the week. I know Jefferson's going to play. It's probably why it moved from three and a half to three. Is it Josh Dobbs, Nick Mullins? I'm not really sure. Um, I, I just think Jefferson does matter. There's no question about that. Um, I just like this matchup here for Cincinnati. On the flip side, I, I think you are going to see their defense has not been. You mentioned they're bad against tight ends, but otherwise they have been you know much better than they were. We were kind of talking about our guy Lou. Uh, on the struggle bus for a while. They've, they've turned the corner the last month or so. Um, I don't know. I, I don't hate just just laying the field goal uh, for Cincinnati. Um, I found it on on DraftKings. Um, so you can do 60 plus, plus 125. 70 plus is basically 2 to 1 at plus 195. 80 plus is plus 285. They also have a special. 50 plus receiving yards in each half is 6 to 1. Um which is interesting because 100 plus yards is plus 650. So that makes literally no sense to me. Yeah, zero. <laughs> it's like what? That shouldn't be priced that way. Um, I don't know. I I, I definitely like um, you know 70 plus two to one, uh, 80 plus plus 285. Is there anyone else you wanted me to to look at? Um, I'll check receiver Rasheed Rice right now. DraftKings. Um, shout out DK. Um, oh, report. Uh, go ahead. Jude, I'll look this up while you're while Yeah, you're I'm going to go with James Cook over 53 and a half rush yards. The Cowboys' run defense has been really terrible uh, this season. It just hasn't exactly mattered because if you're winning by three scores, the opposing team can't exactly take advantage of your rushing attack. But I don't think this is going to be the same sort of matchup that Dallas has been accustomed to playing in recent weeks. Also worth noting that since 
Joe Brady took over, this team has become a lot run heavier. I mean, this was a team that was throwing, uh, you know, 10% over expected for a bunch of years running with Josh Allen. That is no longer the case, at least not through the offense that they've been running the past couple of weeks. Dallas is easily exploited on the ground. Second rush, rush, rush success rate. James Cook has been awesome uh, on the ground. A lot of this pricing is earlier in the season when he was splitting a bunch of work. And also I think just taking in the Dallas rushing attack, which has not played an opponent that can keep up with them. Uh, I really, really like this one at over 53 and a half. I'd also would not mind sprinkling some alts here if he breaks a big one. Uh, maybe, maybe even a little running back parlay. Uh, very rare because you don't you don't get too too big alts there. But uh, I do think that tells the story of Buffalo staying in this game even if losing. Uh, you know, maybe a Dallas minus two and a half and a, and a James Cook 100 yards is, is something worth thinking about. Next, that'd be that'd be negatively correlated. Um, yeah. The uh, I think a note that we talked about on Sunday was while they have really lacked a secondary wide receiver, it appeared that they have kind of figured out, okay, well, let's use James Cook in a variety of ways, sort of as a, a secondary weapon. Um, and so I, I think getting him more involved makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, by the way, I, so I talked about Rasheed Rice. I looked at some, some lines here. I thought we would get a better price on him. Um, he is at uh, 54 and a half. Justin Watson, however, is at 15 and a half. And he's been playing more than MVS of late. I, I don't know if that has anything to do with the egregious drops that he's had. But Justin Watson has been playing more snaps. Um, and, uh, you know, he has been separating. Um, we've seen that in our, in our separation data. Um, he separates well. He has some drops issues. But 15 and a half is basically one catch, um, you know, in, in this game. I think there's a, a real chance that this um, ends up being a little bit closer than than the eight. I just don't know uh, if we are really confident in the Chiefs pulling away from anybody. So I actually am going to switch this one over. I'm going to go with Justin Watson over 15 and a half. Receiving yards just feels, no. Justin Watson breakout game. It'll happen at some point. It's coming. It's coming. I, you can skip me. I'm trying to figure something out to get a good data point here. I saw a bunch of traditional stats about how the, the Browns struggle against running quarterbacks. I'm trying to figure out how to pull that up in ultimate to actually verify those, those points. Um, run your screen and we'll work through it. Yeah. We can just do it. It's good podcasting. Yeah. I don't know. Run concept, secondary QB runs. Does, it doesn't get me where I'm trying to go. So there must be something else in there. Anyway, um, I'm kind of tapped out. It's not my, not my favorite week, but I did hear that. And I do, uh, you know, the Browns, they're not like quite as man heavy as they've been at times, but they do definitely play a good bit of man coverage. I'm sure they will be spying um, a good bit, but you know the counter to a good defensive line and a good a good pass rush. Um, oh, and, and Joe Flacco is one of three versus the Bears all time. How could I not mention that? Um, but yeah, no. So the uh, you know like Getsy's been kind of using like QB draw and a couple of different concepts as kind of a counter to good pass rush units, um, and you might get a lot of man coverage. Um, or just guys in trail technique not paying attention to fields. I wouldn't go attempts this time. I think I would look at maybe him breaking off a bigger, um, a bigger, bigger gain. But anyway, I, I can't find it how to, you know, this bad podcasting. I can't figure it out in, in, in ultimate as we speak. Incredible. Maybe we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. Julia, you got any more? Yeah, I got, I got one more. Really disappointed, honestly, in you guys. The no spreads. The teasers have been lacking. Yeah, uh, I'll provide the people with both. 
the teaser legs. I'll throw at three, one of which I I don't think George is going to accept. Uh, so we'll leave that as the third leg here. But the ones that I'm really eyeing are the Rams currently at, at six and a half and the Texans at plus two and a half. I think the Texans really is appealing, especially if we get Stroud. But even if we don't, I mean, the Titans offense is abysmal. Let's not forget that, like, even outside of the, like, they scored two touchdowns in the two-minute drill. This is still a disastrous offense. Uh, and if they're not hitting on the Will Levis prayer balls where, like, the ball kind of, like, lands in DeAndre Hopkins' hands, like, this is not a team that's going to be able to build and extend leads, I don't think. And if Stroud is playing in this game, obviously this spread is worth a huge amount of why I'm hearing myself twice, but uh, that is that's the, the the Texans leg, and then the Rams. I don't think this needs to be overly overly complex here. This is a Washington team. The organization knows everyone's getting fired. Uh, maybe not the enemy, but Ron Rivera is clearly out. This is a disaster of a defense. They already fired Jack Del Rio. Uh, the Rams have been awesome. You want to attack Matthew Stafford in the situational spots? This is exactly the situational spot which to attack Stafford. They're at home. It's a must-win game. They're way better than the Commanders. I don't think I want to overthink this one. I think it's a great teaser leg. Yeah, I, I like it. And, and in fact, I my last bet uh, is a prop here, which is um, I like a little. I, I think you could get um, get a little funky with with Cooper Cup. I like Puka Nakua um, here. The the coverage unit for Washington has been pretty porous. You can see there while Fuller has graded well, the rest of the group has not. Um, so I, I can't find a, a number here for Nakua, but um, he was my last my last play below over on, on Puka. Um, Washington's just been not been able to cover anybody. You mentioned all the maladies that they have uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so yeah, rolling with, uh, rolling with Puka. Brad, yeah, also, I will it? say, uh, just the only reason I didn't have a spread is because I was legitimately going to say New York Giants uh, was my favorite spread play of the week. So uh, that, that, that's my only defense there. And then the Rams game, just because we talked about it on Sunday, and Judah took the um, the first – or was it the, the Rams team total? Maybe another alt opportunity there. Over 33.5 is plus 190. I mean, they I, I could see them going nuclear on this commander's defense, um, and I don't see why they would let up, really. Yeah. It's a, it's a very good point. Okay. Um, we are going to get to the locks of the week in just a second. But before we do, got a few other things to attend to. Um, pay some bills. Uh, this podcast brought to you by PrizePix, prizepix.com, where you can go and play the most engaging daily fantasy game that is out there. It's very simple. We've just talked about a ton of players that we like. You pick two or more players, and you choose more or less on a particular stat or number of fantasy points. And then you can profit accordingly. Uh, pick up to six different players uh, and you get 20x uh, your money. They also have flex play options. So if you miss one of the legs, um, but the others hit, you can get a portion of the winnings total back in your bank account and then re-rack. And they also have uh, a reboot policy. So if a player gets injured and doesn't play in the second half, they um, are, are very kind to you. And uh, it works out really, really well. Um, can't recommend it more highly. The app, super easy to use. Go to prizepicks.com. Go download the app. Use the promo code forecast and get a $100 first deposit match at prizepicks. Very much recommend it. You should go check it out. Um, also, our friends at Fabric uh, have made it easy to get a quality term life insurance policy. You may not be thinking about that right now because you've got a lot of other stuff to deal with. 
And that makes sense. But if you go handle this, then you don't have to worry about a lot of the crappy things can happen to you and your family. They also offer a ton of additional options for financial uh, management so you can rest easy knowing your family's in good hands while you go do the important things like betting on sports with us. Um, do uh, yourself a favor and visit meetfabricfabric.com slash forecast. That's meetfabricfabric.com slash forecast. All right. It is time for our new segment, Get Up or Made Up. So here's how this works. This is very similar to um, uh, what we did uh, previously, which was I would read a Quibi uh, show. If you don't unfamiliar with Quibi, go look it up. I'm not going to describe it to you right now. Just enjoy the Wikipedia page um, and go read some of the, the prior uh, show descriptions on Quibi. Um, they were great. And I would read a real show description and a made up one. And uh, Eric would have to guess which one, uh, whether it was real or not. So we're going to do the same thing with the greatest show on television, which is Get Up. It airs from, I think it's, uh, gosh, what time does it start? Like 8 a.m till whenever the hell, it's like five hour show on ESPN, they never stop. Um, it's incredible, the content is amazing. So I'm going to read you some quotes from Get Up and you guys are gonna tell me whether you believe this is a real quote or whether it is made up, okay? So I'm the way I'm gonna do this, they have a lot of great characters on this show. Um, I will tell you which character is speaking. All right, first one, um, this is, Mike Greenberg. Hey, Kimberly, this game is called Dope or Nope. The fit on Cam Newton yesterday. <laughs> what is that? Is that from the show, Get Up, or is that made up? The laugh, the greeny laugh it. was was all time. Uh, you, what'd you say, home? What'd you say, Judah? I said I'm going made up. You're going made up? Kimberly was a great start too, but it was almost kind of like a giveaway. Like you're trying to make it seem so real. I'm trying to really dissect this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get up though. I'm gonna go with real. In fact, dope or nope is actually a segment that they air. Yes, so get up. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, okay. Uh, next one. This is also Mike Greenberg following up on a similar uh, topic here. Uh, Mike Greenberg. This actually looks like an outfit that my wife and I wore to a later hosen themed party over the weekend, but that's neither here nor there. It's not October, it's December. What would be the, the, the later hosen necessity? It's the other weekend. So, you know, it could have true, been. True, true, true. It could also be a fake story, and Greeny's just, you know, peppering in some mm -hmm. thoughts. Mm hmm. Throw me off the scent, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get up again. No, <laughs> this one's in fact made up. Although Greeny does talk about things that he does with his wife, and they're never not awkward. It's in, it's incredible. I that's I think, his favorite. By the way, that this all is not just an excuse for George to watch 30 hours of, of get up film <laughs> every week. Yeah, I, babe, babe, no, it's just, it's just, it's just content. It's, it's for the podcast. It's for the Can we change the channel? No, 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 no. I need it. I need it. <laughs> 5 a.m. every morning on the West Coast. I'm just sitting down, starting to, to get going, and the beautiful, subtle tones of Rex Ryan really get me going. Okay, this, not, this last one is from Rex Ryan. Um, this is a short one, so pay close attention. 
Um, he is dissecting a particular play that was overanalyzed for basically the entire week. He said, now here's a toe I don't like. Oh, he said that. He definitely <laughs> said that. That's no, what I made up. I heard it. That is, I listened to a lot of Jets media growing up in New York. That is 100% Rex Ryan. You nailed it. It is Rex Ryan. Oh. He did say that. Um, this was uh, right before he spent 25 minutes again comparing Brock Purdy to Joe Montana, which is uh, literally what he does every single Monday. Uh, it's a phenomenal show. You can watch it. It starts at 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern time, 5 a.m. Pacific. Um, it's phenomenal. Okay. Let's pick some locks of the week. We have the following options. We have the great George Pickens, over 59 and a half, which is two to one. We have the New York football Tommy DeVito's plus six in New Orleans. TJ Hawkinson, I think we discussed uh, 70 plus and 80 plus. 70 plus um, would be two to one plus 195. Laporta, over 46 and a half. That is Sam Laporta. Justin Watson of the Kansas City Chiefs over 15 and a half receiving yards. James Cook over 53 and a half receiving yards. A teaser with the Houston Texans plus nine and a half in the Los Angeles football Rams minus a half. Puka Nakua over. And we had one last one, which I forgot to write down. Samaj Pirine over 25 receiving yards at plus 150. Big slate. What are you guys thinking? I think I'll jump in here. Giants plus six. Love it. Couldn't love it more. Lock it in. Tommy D. Love it. Uh, and then I think Sam Laporta is my other one. Um, and then what was one more? And James Cook. Those are my three favorite of, of, of the discussion. Brad coming out, coming out fire in there. And yeah. I you like that. buying the, the Giants at the top. You're not worried about Tommy D. Couldn't be less worried. Well, That's the spread didn't move. Back. Yeah, it was six and a half on Sunday night, and they, they you know, dominate. Tommy Cutlets goes off, and it's six. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, I like, I personally like the, uh, in addition to those, the TJ Lockinson. I mean, aside from the, the history, the tradition of this podcast, right. I do think this is all the makings of a, of a TJ Hawkinson game here. Yes. That's my favorite one. I like all of the others. The only one that I will cape for is Lockinson himself. We wait, we wait all season for these kinds of opportunities, fellas. Um, I'm very excited. Tell your friends. Okay. Um, any others that we want to consider? Is that that's a four pack? Um, do the squeaky wheel and Pickens is tempting. I have to say. Yeah. Pickens is tempting. Pickens is very is very tempting. Get him the ball, especially if Deontay Johnson's out. By the way, exactly. Or, or limited in some way. I didn't even consider that angle. It's Thank a very the coordinator said we got to throw the ball to George Pickens today at his press. It is that is that is squeaky wheel one on one. The guy is going to be getting the ball. Let's not forget what Mitch Trubisky said last week. Right, he's going to be aggressive. Have no fear. Obviously, that's on a one week delay. That's, I'm kind of tempted by Pickens. Kind of tempted by Pickens. You know how this works out, though. We we hear all this, we get all excited, and he has like one catch for six yards. That's and why you like, go all. That's why I'm not losing. I'm not losing a unit on a you know boring ass minus one fifteen. Give me two to one or give me nothing. That, that's that's part. I agree with you, but that's kind of part of the thought process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Um, 
Samaj Perine is interesting. He gets yeah. a lot of run, and they throw to the running backs a lot. They do. They do. Also, this too. We could also do maybe a half unit on each of those. Hmm. I like so a five bet, five units, six bets. You get a six pack. It's a six pack for the price of five. Look at or that. Whatever. You're, whatever sale. you're a salesman. Yeah. Yeah. Go, if you want to buy a car, go hit up Brad. Okay, there it is. So we have George Pickens, half unit, two to one at over 59 and a half. TJ Hawkinson, full unit because we're not scared. Um, plus 70, 70 plus, 80 plus. I don't know. You choose. Um, Sam Laporta, is that the other one? Or yep, 46 and a half. 46 and a half. James Cook, over 53 and a half rushing yards. Um, and some, uh, New York Giants, plus six. Those are full unit plays. And then Samaj Perrine. Half units tap uh, to close it out. Over 25 receiving yards. That's plus 150. I love that. I love that bet. Um, that was our podcast. Go watch Get Up tomorrow morning. And on Friday, have a good start to your week. Uh, we will see you on Sunday night um, where we will guess what Get Up talks about the next day. This is just basically a parody show for Get Up. <laughs> um, we love you all. Thanks for hanging out. Peace. Thank <laughs> you.